Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to another Smackdown review with House of the Black Mask. Introducing the man to my right, dancing for your enjoyment. He is your former Jam That Champion. He is your former Quizomania Champion. He is the host of Survivor Series. Everybody give it up for my main man. His name is Tempest. Alba to the stars. Where is it? There it is. There it is. Yeah. And I am your co-host. What time is it? It is Sat E time on Sat E day. My name is Sat E Nyangi. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Smackdown Review Podcast. I never get this much to talk in the beginning, so I'm going to hand it back to a more experienced co-host, Tempest. Let's talk about it. What's causing all of this? What's causing all this? I mean, look at you. You're you're very well dressed today, my friend. I'm, I always dress well. I'm dressed sexy. Take, check, check this out, guys. Psh, psh. Look at the back. Look at the back. Oh, yeah. I wish it was a wrestler talk much. I was, I was like, you know, hyping up. They're just like, look at my fashion. Boohoo, man. That's where I got this from. Just in case you want to ask, Sam, would you get this from? Boohoo, man. I'm looking great. You're looking sexy. House of the Black Mask. Blackity Black Black. I couldn't say it better myself. But today, we are here to review the April 7th episode of Friday Night Smackdown. Yes. I'm your host, Tempest, alongside my lovely and wonderful co-host, Sat Ian Yangi. My, my chair's a bit higher than yours, I think. Yeah, you're a little you're a little tall. You're a little tall. Here, hang on. Whee! There you go. Very good. <laughs> I dusted. I what a shambolic start this has been. But, yeah. This is the first SmackDown oh, since no, WrestleMania. No, 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 let's not, let's not do that, please. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, My mood was high, and now you're trying to drag me down with the reality how things have changed. The reality that this is a show that we have to review. Um, we are going to start off, of course, however, yes. with Triple H's announcement. Yes. They had a breaking news tweet go out that Triple H was going to address the WWE universe. Again. Again. And he did so. He came out and he uh, he spewed some oh. propaganda. Lots of numbers and pats on the back and such. Look at how great 
uh, WrestleMania 39 did. And fair play, but yeah, it was a lot of propaganda. And then he announced that in a few short weeks, didn't give an actual date, but in a few short weeks, we will be having the newest edition of the WWE Draft. It's been a few years. It is. We didn't have one uh, last year. Nope. It was supposed to be in the, the fall, and then it wasn't. Nope. And then everyone assumed it would go after WrestleMania, and so here we are. And now it begs the question. Question. What are we hoping to see out of the WWE draft in 2023? Because I know we have had a lot of things that we've been kind of hoping for in terms of wrestlers getting pushed. We'll see if any of that happens. Things are a little up in the air these days with the WWE hierarchy. But we're hoping for things coming out of this WrestleMania. And the WWE draft is usually a good way to shake things up, you know. Give people new opponents, put people in new situations, new settings that might freshen them up a little bit. Yeah. What would you like to see coming out of this draft this year? I like my hopes not to be dashed. Well, I don't know what to tell you, pal. We might be heading for a, a difficult stretch of these shows. So, uh, is you know what? I'm trying to be optimistic. I mean, that's that's always been my shtick. Since you we are Mr. Watching. Positive Ali over here. Yeah, I'm Mr. Positive Ali of WrestleTalk. Since I've started doing a SmackDown review with you, mm-hmm. review with you, yep. <laughs> this guy here, it, it was easy to do the wait and see. It was easy to say, let the story play out. It was easy to say that the people running, they they doing it with the benefit of giving us the best show. Since WrestleMania, everything's reverted back to, uh, I want to say, April of 2022, when everything seemed dark and grim and our hopes were dashed and everyone felt slightly depressed that the company we invested time in, the company we're talking about today, the company I get paid money to talk about today, uh, were not trying to purposely uh, crush our emotions. So for me, having hope is kind of like setting myself up for failure. But at the same time, it would be a podcast if I lived in a realistic world. So I'm going to live in a fantasy land. This is what I want for the WWE draft. I want a draft that is similar to the year 2002. In the year 2002, when they did the first initial draft, Raw wrestlers and SmackDown wrestlers did not know what they looked like. You barely saw each other. It's when you're doing Royal Rumble, WrestleManias, and you know Summer Slams and Survivor Series. That's when they run into each other. But they legit had a separate brand. And I guess what would kind of help is them having separate uh, pay per views. But I don't know if that's helpful or feasible. I don't know if we're gonna get brand split pay per views at this point. I don't mind it. I like. I don't mind the shows being together because you get two for the price of one. You get great matches on the same show, which means sometimes like some wrestlers may not get on the pay per view shows or PLE. Uh, but I want the Raw and SmackDown show to be a, a complete clean split. I'm worried that such tag teams like Street Profits may break up doing you know. So help me God. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm worried about because now a certain person's back in charge. He's really running the place. He'd be like, oh, tag teams. Which one do I want to break up? You know, it doesn't make sense. They won WrestleMania. They should be essentially one of more contenders, but who knows what happens. But what do I want? I just want brands to be completely separate on separate shows. I want new title belts to go with the new fresh start that's allegedly happening. I want Cameron Grimes on... Hmm. He'd be great on SmackDown because Cameron Grimes is a great wrestler. 
But Cameron Grimes is also a great character wrestler, so he'll be great on Raw as well, doing all the skits and stuff. But I want Cameron Grimes on SmackDown to show people what he can do. So I want Cameron Grimes on the main roster. He's been waiting for ages. He's been putting cryptic uh, Instagram posts, letting people know that he's actually waiting, twiddling his thumbs. He's ready and willing and urgent to to wrestle. I want LA Wright in the, LA LA Knight. I want LA Knight on a more prominent position. Take him to Raw. Raw is more of a promo-heavy show. He's a promo-heavy guy. I want LA Knight to have a talk show to go with his... To give him a reason to be on the show every week if he's not going to wrestle. So that's why I want... Uh, I want uh, Brom Breaker on uh, SmackDown, actually, because he's a good wrestler. His character needs work. So that way they can work on that way he's on SmackDown. He currently turned heel on NXT on Carmelo Hayes. So after those few weeks feuding with Carmelo Hayes, put him on SmackDown. Uh, I want Gable Stevenson to actually... Stevenson. That's it, Gable Stevenson. I was say Stevenson. Gable Stevenson. I want Gable Stevenson to actually finally debut. It's been a few years, you know. If if not him, his brother, Damon Kemp, <laughs> debut him on the main roster. Uh, I want um, Brutus and I want the Creed brothers because I will call the, the Brutus and Julius. I want the Creed brothers on the main roster. They're ready. They're really over in NXT, and they'll be a great addition for the tag team. So that's what I got for now. I'm gonna shut up. I'm gonna let you speak. Oh, also. Roxy, I want Roxanne Perez on the main roster too. Yeah, my shut up. What do you want? Uh, I would like to see a lot of the kind of mid-level people kind of just get shuffled around a little bit. I'm hopeful that coming out of WrestleMania, Rhea Ripley is now a SmackDown wrestler considering she won the SmackDown Women's Championship. I think that would make sense. And already that's a big boost to the women's division on SmackDown, but she doesn't exactly have a plethora of good challengers, especially with Charlotte now taking time off after WrestleMania. So maybe we get some folks moving from Raw over to SmackDown. Maybe somebody like a Candice LeRae, for example. Yes. Maybe you could... Start. I don't know how much time we have to work with here, but if they were able to to split up damage control potentially before the draft or draft someone away from one another, mm. I'd really like to see an EO Sky move to SmackDown. That'd be so like any of them, really, because I think any of the people in damage control would be better than most of what we've got on SmackDown in terms of the women's division, unfortunately. But that's just a couple of examples. Again, Roxanne Perez, if we're talking NXT call-ups, I think she's more than ready. She's one of the best women's wrestlers in the whole company right now. And they certainly can do a lot with her. But over on the men's side of things, mm. I would like to see Mustafa Ali move to SmackDown. Yeah, just to I, wrestle. I would really like to see Johnny Gargano move to SmackDown. Just to wrestle. Just to wrestle. <laughs> Please. I think they could potentially keep Chad Gable on Raw, but again, if they moved him to SmackDown, I think that lines us up nicely. Just to wrestle. Just to wrestle. Maybe that's when you could build to a Chad Gable versus Walter match down the road, Ooh. which would be just absolutely scrumptious. I can't, I really am hoping for something like that. But I don't see a whole lot of need to move around the top tippy top level guys but like i could see them maybe wanting to move like a carrying cross to raw for example just to like give him a new environment because he ain't doing squat on smackdown just so he can do more promos yeah maybe <laughs> yes. you move all of judgment day to smackdown officially yes, yes, like please, you know please. what i mean mm. so they, they can properly feud with the lwo even though they have been and LWO still can't buy a win. L stands for, I don't want to say it, but you know. Yeah. But you know what I mean? That also would then move like Finn Balor over to SmackDown. So and you can, can have Finn Balor so he can wrestle and have 
new opponents. He's Gunter you know, and Finn Balor, guys. Just think about it. Give us that match that we were supposed to have WrestleMania 36 weekend. Exactly. Oh, and Gunter and Damian Priest just, you know, chopping the heck out of each other. South of Heaven. What? Final Sympathy? Or Symphony? Final <laughs> Sympathy. Final Sympathy. Give me both of them. But yeah. I think it's a lot more moves like that. I don't know how many moves you're going to see from, like, again, the tippy top guys on either show where it's like, you know, I guess Roman is technically on both shows, but I think you see Kevin and Sammy go back and forth while they've got both tag team titles. But otherwise, I think Cody stays on Raw. Yeah. I think Brock stays on Raw. Yeah. Maybe you could see someone like a Bobby Lashley move to SmackDown potentially. Yes. The whole of her business and almost just moved to SmackDown just to change things up again. Wild One is what they did a few years ago. What was working on SmackDown, put on Raw, was working on Raw, put on SmackDown. Just change things up again. I don't know. And Women's Division 2. Dana Brooke, put on SmackDown so her and Emma can be a tag team. That's sure. my agenda. Why not? <laughs> That's my agenda. And also Pretty Deadly. That's another great tag team. Put them up on the main roster too. We need more great tag teams. So Pretty Deadly, put them on the main roster. Uh, who else do I want on the main roster? I was thinking, yes, yeah, so Roxanne would be great. Indy Hartwell, so she could team up with Candice LeRae. Because Candice LeRae's not doing much by herself. She's a women's champion. You're shaking yeah. your head. You're shaking your head. Really I just want to be able to see Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae wrestle like, and do well. You don't want to wait? You think they'll be in no, the way? No, <laughs> I know I'm that guy, but I've never liked the way. I've never liked it. They did some funny skits in NXT, but these two are brilliant wrestlers, and I want to see you're, them wrestle. You're tired of the suburban mom and dad gimmick? Thing? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> little bit it's just me i don't i don't want to be a hater over here but like i know that i'm the guy that doesn't like the way around here i i liked bits of the way that it involved a certain person that's united states champion but yeah i liked everything about the way <laughs> i just like the fact that they, they they're not old enough to be in these parents but sure i, I just head kind of went along with it like sure sure you, that's your that's your daughter your adopted daughter or your you know your, your foster daughter or wherever it is from Australia that you're looking after. So you've said that you want this to be like the 2002 edition of the draft where, yeah. how far do you want them to take that? Because in 2002, they kind of had like a, a free agency period where, you know, you had your initial draft of people going to either show, but then you also had the extended amount of time where people can kind of like test the waters, be on both shows, and then decide which one they're going to sign with. Something like that. Because I've said, and you'll see this in the WrestleTalk News, that I'm kind of hoping for like the 2007 to 2011 okay. era of WWE draft to make a comeback where, you know, maybe you don't have people like wrestling for the, the draft picks because why would you want more people on your shows? It's more mm. people fight. I don't know. That part never really made sense. But, like, the anticipation of, like, here's the raw draft pick, and then you have the big flashing screen with all the people, and then, bam, this person has moved to raw. I think that's a lot more interesting and can hold the audience's attention on a draft show better than the way they have been doing it lately, where it is just like, okay, this is like a real sports draft, where you start at the top, and then the picks just get progressively less interesting as the show goes on. That That's what the 2002 kind of initially was, but then you yeah. had Ric Flair and Vince McMahon to hold everyone's gaze, and then you also had the time when you had uh, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff hold everyone's gaze. I'm, I went, I'm, I meant more of that kind of mm -hmm. draft. It doesn't have to be like a sports one. I, I When I meant, I went more like 2002, I mean like, it wasn't too like 2005 I want to say that's when you you start seeing more Raw and Smackdown integration you had Batista going on Smackdown when he went and decided which Rumble uh, 
slot that he wanted to cash in on. Then you had Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle. That that whole thing was specials because you hardly ever saw Raw and SmackDown wrestlers interact. So I meant it in terms of like, let's stop this whole superstar initiation or whatever mm-hmm. BS to come up with. To, wild card <laughs> rule. Yeah, to excuse The cross-brand invitational. Yeah, I, I want that to be dead. Uh, I, even though a part of me is like, they won company uh, before they used to do internal uh, conflict because they didn't have any other major mm-hmm. uh, American promotion company, wrestling company in the business. So WWE had to play within themselves. But now you got AEW, you kind of give up the draft, but at the same time, they've got too many wrestlers. So there'll be a monopoly on Raw and SmackDown. It'll get a bit boring. So you need people to have more opportunities. So I see the positive of having a draft. Uh, Bobby Lashley being on SmackDown would be a great thing. And that was his original home. And he, I feel like he's done all, all he can do on Raw. He's won the United States title a couple of times. They refuse to put him against Roman Reigns because I feel like now Roman Reigns is still champion. That's a viable opponent that he has left mm-hmm. that he hasn't faced yet. Uh, Cody Rhodes keep him on Raw I feel like people who are wrestlers wrestlers like Tozawa put him on Smackdown people that can really go put him on Smackdown and let him just wrestle Mm-hmm. You know, people that can talk or got charisma like uh, LA Knight people that like doing vignettes like um, Karrion Cross, put him on Raw let's change things up again New Day put him back on, on Raw it's been a while sure you know or they can do a thing where they just split him up even more you know it's time to change the game that's what happened Gable Steveson you know, he could be a free agent, maybe. Bron Breaker, he could be a free agent, maybe. You know, he could be highly touted, so he could, they, they seem like big, big deals. But yeah, I don't know. Hit Row, put him on Raw, so he can rap on Raw and do vignettes. Yeah, get them away from Michael Cole, so Michael Cole yes. stop being a hater. And Street Profits, put him on SmackDown, because they haven't really been SmackDown guys before. Yeah. And Nakamura, put him on Raw. He's been SmackDown mostly. He's he's won United States title so many times. Then beat Fury for the United States title on Raw. Sure. Sounds good to me. But let us know what you think they should do with the WWE draft in the comments below. Let us know who you think is going to switch brands, who should get called up from NXT. Let us know whatever you would like to see and what the rest of the WWE calendar year was going to look like. Yes, Sad. Ilya Dragunov on SmackDown so you can face Gunter. There you go. That's a great idea. That was my... Tyler Bate on SmackDown. Yes. I know the short dudes from NXT probably aren't going to get much of a chance if you know who is in charge. But uh, hey, either way, I'm if, operating under the the uh, guise of hope. If Butch can, can do marginally well on SmackDown, then I have marginal hope for the others. I'm saying the guys that you see on NXT, I feel like if you put Cameron Grimes, if you put Tyler Bate, if you put Ilya Dragunov on SmackDown, it rejuvenate that mid-card scene so well. And then you give Gunter a list of wrestlers that he hasn't faced yet so he can just chop the, the cavities, chop, cave in their chest with them chops. Give us what we want. I'm Give cautious, me what I want. I'm cautiously optimistic. Cautiously is the operative word there. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And for now, we will get into the rest of our SmackDown review. The, the review that starts off with a match that I feel like we have seen uh, quite a bit uh, as of the last nine months or so. That being the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. Fight forever. Quite literally, in fact. But this was a good match. It was a good opener. Uh, I'm going to... This isn't the match that I'm going to complain about. No. Because... It was a fun opener, and Sheamus got the win, and there's not a whole lot to complain about there. But there was an overall theme with this episode of SmackDown. There was. And uh, we'll get into it in just a little bit. But as for this match, it was mostly uh, Imperium being very good uh, at teamwork, very good at the double-team moves. Walter would distract the referee, and then Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser would hit the high-low while the ref's back was turned. Very good stuff. And they kept Sheamus from getting in the ring for most of the match until very end, where Sheamus gets the hot tag, hits the knee on Giovanni Vinci as he comes off the ropes, and then hits the brogue kick and gets the win. So it would seem like Sheamus is kind of in line for another shot at the IC title. I can't imagine that he's going to lose another one considering he's had a number of shots at this title at this point. And I don't know, he seems due, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I still don't think that they should have Walter lose until he breaks Honky Tonk Man's record. Amen. That's just me, but like, I, I how many I, times are you going to have Seamus lose is my point. I, I was hoping it was a case of that was a, a, a what's the word, an emotional victory, I guess, mm. or a participation trophy victory for, for Sheamus to have, and then that's it. They can't face each other ever again. Um, not ever again. I do want um, Gunter to break Honky Tonk Man's record. That's my agenda. I'm running with it. It's done. Now is the time to get it done. We, yeah. Who knows whenever, we, we, we'll never get be in this spot ever again. If not now, when? Yes. That is a question. If not now, when? When is now? If is now. 
Now is the time. Let Gunter be the guy to break Honky Tonk's record. He's the most decorated wrestler in WWE history so far in terms of, of match quality and ratings. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if when he finally loses, you got options. He can either be Sheamus. That'd be a great way to cap off his legacy within WWE. Or Ilya Dragunov, an old enemy of his, he can break his record if he debuts on SmackDown. But I want it to be Sheamus because I feel like that's a story we're invested in. Sheamus has helped elevate the prestige of the Intercontinental title by being obsessed with winning it. It even cost his friendship with Drew McIntyre because he wants to be champion. That's the only title missing from his bingo card. He's ticked all the boxes. He stamped out all the titles. There's only one left to, to you know, to conquer. And that's the Intercontinental title. And I hope it happens down the line. For now, unfortunately, maybe you should put the, uh, Sheamus on, on Raw or something so you can keep them apart even longer. He's never been Universal Champion. He just selects to, to ignore that bit. Well, you, you can argue. Probably because he's never going to be Universal Champion. Oh, you never know. Or, I, I would highly doubt it, but like the Intercontinental Championship is attainable for him. No, nah, but if I may say, the Universal title is like a spiritual successor to the World Heavyweight title, which is one already. Sure. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 So backstage, Kayla Braxton is talking with Paul Heyman, and she asked Paul why Brock Lesnar turned on Cody Rhodes on Raw, and Paul Heyman elects to not answer that question, and instead brags about Roman Reigns getting close to a thousand days as Universal Undisputed Champion, blah, 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 blah. And this is when Jey Uso walks into frame, and he asks where Jimmy is, because he's not seen him all day, and Paul tells him that Jimmy's not there. Nope. Jimmy's been sent home to watch the show from home, watch it on TV. I do think it's funny that, like, Roman Reigns can just tell someone to go home and not go to work. Yeah. Like, surely Adam Pearce would be like, what? Come on, that you can't do that. But regardless, it's a nitpick detail that doesn't matter. He says that Jimmy's watching from home so that Jay can solve the Sami Zayn problem once and for all. And, and Jay says, okay, and he walks off. And then Paul turns to Solo and says, if he can't solve the Sami Zayn problem, you're going to solve our problems. So implying heavily that if Jay can't get the job done and beat Sami Zayn, then they're going to take care of Jey Uso. Potentially, speculation. But interesting bloodline developments here. Yeah, but what I don't understand is there's there's a, there's a lot of numbers towards the Uso side. They're all three brothers. Mm-hmm. Roman's their cousin, but still, they can still beat him up if they want to. It just it makes me laugh that, oh, they uh, Paul Heyman thinks Solo is only loyal to Roman Reigns. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's a whole different story for another time. It's interesting, and we might get into it just a little bit later because tensions kept on building. And next, we had Ricochet versus Ivar of the Viking Raiders, and boy, was this just a match. Like, it was fine. It was like a perfect perfectly adequate like second match on the card smackdown match but neither guy had their partners out there which i found interesting Mm. like eric of the viking raiders wasn't there and braun Strowman wasn't there to back up ricochet it would have been too many bold men around ringside it would have confused a lot of people (laughs) so it's like keep the bold guys away and ricochet is the only one that's enough and this was just again it was fine there just wasn't really anything to it ricochet tried to pick up ivar at one point and couldn't do it hurt his back and they just built to the finish where ricochet hit a uh springboard hurricane rana off the top rope that was good. and then hit the shooting star press for the win and yeah. that was it, it. there yeah. wasn't an angle going in there wasn't nope. an angle coming out it was just a match and it was a fine match but i won't remember a thing about it tomorrow yeah it, it may happen two weeks time and we'll be like oh I think it happened before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, to go off it, 
it was good. Ricochet got a victory, but it's is the question that we ask: What's next? I think this is where things have gone wrong instantly with uh, the tag titles. Mm-hmm. So again, I haven't watched <laughs> Raw, but I read up some of the results stuff. So you had Sammy and Kevin celebrate. I think Raw would have been a uh, SmackDown today or yesterday would have been a great time to have all the tag teams address things, you know, establish who are the new people that Sammy and K are going to be feuding. Sure. Yet Sammy and K are still stuck within Bloodline verse. Yep. They should have left Bloodline verse because they won the tag titles, but no, they're still stuck in the same story that we we watch and now is is that new season of a TV show you love so much and you're worried that this season is going to tank the entire credibility of the entire storyline. It should have been a great time for, uh, it should be Sammy and KO in a ring celebrating being champions. Then you had all these tag teams come out challenging. Yeah, it sounds very cliche, but it's been a while since we had tag teams do that. They're like, I want to be champion. I want to be champion to establish new foes, new, new ways that the storyline could go. But we haven't done that yet. It still feels like technically the Usos are still champion because nothing's really changed in that. And that, to me, is very much the theme of this show, which I still think, like, we'll we'll get to yeah. it because there's still a lot more of this show to to get into. But that was kind of a common thread tying this show together, unfortunately. But Kevin Owens is backstage, just le- leering at his tag titles, and fair enough. And he and Sami Zayn talk, and Kevin's like, "Oh, I'm so happy to just put this bloodline stuff behind us. We can finally move on and just be champions." And woohoo! And Sami Zayn goes. Yeah, I don't know. I got this weird feeling. I feel like it's not over. I feel obligated to go and talk to Jay. Mm. And Ko is like, "Why? Mm. Why are you doing that? Mm. That you owe him nothing. Why are you? I, I know I can't talk you out of this, but like that's a bad idea." And Sammy's like, no, "No, no, no. I got it." And he walks off. We'll see. We'll see. Very shortly, in fact. And then we had Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan taking on Natalia and Shotzi. The ballsy badass. Oh, was it? What was it? Ballsy, Ballsy baddies. baddies. That's it. Ballsy baddies. I hate it. Um, yeah, Natalia and Shotzi did an inset promo during their entrance where they said that they should be the ones that will be getting the tag title shot against, uh, you know, Becky Lynch and Lita. And I just find it funny that we had this four way match and it meant diddly nothing. dick. Absolutely nothing. And like, I get it that Ronda is hurt and you probably can't do the tag title match immediately after yeah but like i don't know maybe don't have them win then like because why are anybody else getting a tag title shot like uh, it doesn't matter this match i didn't think was particularly good it was fine most of the way through but Shotzi had a couple of rough landings one on a ddt that just didn't look like it was very impactful and then with Liv's finish Oblivion, where it again did not look very impactful. She just kind of like rolled through it and it was what it was. But this match was mostly just, you know, just standard tag stuff. I, I don't know. I have nothing to say about this. Awkward. Match. In my notes, I said Shotzi has improved since she's come back from wherever sabbatical she had. I feel, I feel like she's getting more fluid with her movement. But I guess what well, I guess me and you are watching two separate you know matches. I maybe so. maybe these glasses has made it a bit more bluey. I don't know. But I feel like Shotzi's gone a bit better. I like that she did the the you know she did the tope. Mm-hmm. Outside the ring, she did. She did that well. She did some some moves well. I feel like she did more than most in this match. Maybe that's why you didn't like the match. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it just it was what it was. Raquel and and Liv got the win. Natalia and Shotzi went for the uh, the heart attack, and Raquel took out Natty, and then 
uh, Liv just hit a DDT, an assisted DDT on Shotzi and then well, the I Oblivion. The, I like the assisted DDT. The assisted DDT looked nice. Uh, what a toxic uh, duo that Raquel and Liv are, because I'm just waiting for one of them to turn on, on, on the other. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been here before. I feel like I've been on a show where I was talking about waiting for a team to break up. I can't remember. I think it was last year. And I, I'm trying to... I'm trying to. I feel I, like it's been every week talking about Raquel and Liv. I'm trying to remember if it was a case of Nikki A.S.H. and Rio. Yeah. I remember there was a tag team that I was just waiting to break up. And then every week I was, I was calling it. It's like a weather report. The update on this tag team. Nikki the temperature. drop or something maybe? I don't nah, know. No, no, no. I think it was, it was Nikki and, and, and Rhea and it ended up being Nikki that went to turn on Rhea which I was happy about because I thought it was going to be Rhea yeah is the temperature on Liv and Raquel at the moment it's fine but we'll, we'll see again next week how it is because at the same time Liv Morgan has punked out Raquel too many times for Raquel to be still smiling and still wanted to be teaming up with her I'm waiting for one day and a bomb for Liv in the future mm-hmm. could well happen and then backstage Madcap Moss and Xavier Woods are playing 2K thir- uh, I keep saying 2K13 I don't know why I'm going back in time. That's my years. last, by the way, that's my last uh, video game was, to, was uh, WWE 13. Yeah. And then I never bought a WWE video game ever again because I stopped playing video games. It's been a long time, but I do miss it. But my partner won't let me play because she says I've got obligations. But yeah, 2K13. Yeah. Yeah. 2K23. They were playing 2K23 again. This is exactly the same segment that we got like two weeks ago, three yeah. weeks ago, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's Madcap Moss with Emma playing the game with Xavier. And then LA Knight comes in and he's like, oh, look at these nerds playing video games. And then Xavier gets up. It's like, all right, bet, fight me. And then they square off. And like, it was a carbon copy, one for one redo of that segment. And LA Knight was mad that he wasn't on WrestleMania. We're mad. Rightfully so. I'm mad. What the hell is that? Shane McMahon can get a match but LA Knight can't? Listen, think about this. If they had let LA Knight come out of night two, Instead of Shane McMahon, they would have saved Shave's quads. But no, <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. See, don't fix about that. If any night came out, Shane would have just been chilling in Gorilla, drinking some juice, eating some catering, and would have went home with his quads intact. But no, he had to come out and look what happened. That is a, there's a moral story. We want LA Knight. You give us LA Knight. You don't give us LA Knight. There'll be bad juju and wrestlers you bring out instead. No and that was really over. Juju. He no was really over. LA Knight was really over. Yeah, it was really over. Give this guy a talk show segment. I think that's what's missing from his character. A guy that likes to talk like him. The guy that moves like him. A guy that smells like him. Give him a show. What's he smell like? Like LA. Oh, that doesn't sound good at all. It smells like <laughs> smog. Yeah. Um, LA Knight broke Xavier Woods PS5 controller. That's a fight right there. Those things are expensive. I don't care how much money you got. No, no, no. Oh, take two. He smells like a megastar. Oh, I should have said that. It's too late now. He smells like smog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we then had the Triple H address of the WWE Universe that we've already talked about. And he ended that address by bringing out Rhea Ripley and Judgment Day, who come down and Rhea Ripley says that April 1st, 2023 is going to be a date that everyone will remember because that is the date that WWE changed forever because she beat Charlotte Flair, the 14-time women's champion. Very good. And then uh, Finn Balor says that Edge had to split his head open in order to, uh, in order to beat him. And where's Edge? I'm still standing right here, which is a little flimsy, but good for you, Finn. He apparently has like a a calf tear as well, and wrestled the match with a calf tear. So he's, he's more man than than I will ever be. Not that that's a high bar, but 
yeah, Finn Balor is the man. I'm sorry that his uh, Hell in a Cell match kind of went wonky at, at certain points. I really thought that they had a chance to like steal the show. Question. The yeah. Ca- the calf tear. It's kind of like Randy Orton's back injury, right? Due to them RKO's. You think the calf tears due to them coup de gras? I have no idea. But you, when you jump off the rope like 365 days a year to land on someone's chest, that could do something to them calves. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. You don't want to keep doing that. Uh, and then Dominic went up to the mic and he was getting nuclear heat. He was getting the kind of heat that Roman was getting on the night after WrestleMania in 2017, where he leaves, he lifts the mic up to his mouth and they just boom, like drowning him out. Really good stuff. You love to see it. And he starts... And he stops and he starts and he stops. And then finally he talks about his dad and says that he was pulling his punches against Ray because he couldn't hit his father. But look at Ray, this terrible excuse for a father still hitting him. He's great. Uh, What a heel. What a a heel. It says that his whole family can go to hell. And then they aired the recap of the Bad Bunny attack on Raw. And Damian Priest says that he hopes that Bad Bunny can forgive him because he's already forgiven Bad Bunny for making him do what he had to do. Such a heel. Such a heel. Hope this whole group moves to SmackDown. I'd really like to see that. I wonder what all this is going to lead to in Puerto Puerto Rico. Yeah. Yeah, Puerto Rico. Yeah, Yeah, Puerto Rico. Yeah. For backlash, of course. I assume, like, maybe they do, like, Bad Bunny and Rey Mysterio against Dominic and and Priest. But the question is, who's going to win the match? Which would be obviously be Bad Bunny and Rey Mysterio, right? You would think, but But? this match Mm -hmm. then might cast a little bit of doubt on that. Because we then had Rey Mysterio and the Latino World Order come out and... uh, uh, it was a coming out party for the LWO and what yeah. happens? What they happened? Lost. They lost. They didn't even have their own LWO theme. They came out to Rey Mysterio's theme, which is, you know, it's okay. But it's like, if you're debuting a new group, you go all out. You don't pull your punches. You go all out because first impression is key. If it's a wet fart, that's what everyone's going to remember. And it was a wet fart. The worst kind. Because, yes, Ray and Santos then took on Dominic and Damian Priest. And, again, this was a good match. Like, the match itself was fine. No complaints about that. Ray went for the 619 on Dominic, and Rhea pulled him out of the way. And then Zelina hit a Hurricane Rana on Rhea, which was good. Mm. Maybe they'll set up some sort of match between Rhea and Zelina at some point. Rhea hit a really good riptide on her that one time a few weeks ago. So, at the very least, we'd have that to look forward to. But... We then continued on with this match, and Ray hit the 619 on Dominic, and it appeared that they were going to get the win, but Damian Priest was able to get a blind tag before the 619, and as Santos Escobar went for the Phantom Driver, Damian Priest hit the South of Heaven for the win. Santos Escobar still getting pinned. Yeah, Eater of Pins. The new Eater of Pins is Eater Santos of Escobar. Pins, yeah. indeed. And... Yeah. Hmm. What do you do now? This was a great time to for redemption for them. After weeks of losing to Judgment Day, this new L- LWO, I was say <laughs> a different uh, group's name, but yeah, this new version of LWO wins and it'd be triumphant. It's kind of like a nice more victory for Santos Escobar, but no, they lose again. What do you do? With the draft coming up, who knows? That's the sort of thing. Like, it's tough, and it, I don't know. It's really tough to say because, like, I want to see Judgment Day move to SmackDown. I think that would be good. Mm. But we've had so much of this Mysterio's feud, like, the last six months or so. I do think it is a good time to have 
them go their separate ways for a bit. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how you do that, but keep them on the same brand. And I don't really want to see, you know, the LWO and Rey Mysterio move to Raw by any means. Yeah. I think it's clunky. It's a little bit weird. But this gets into the larger issue that I had with this show. And I'm going to wrap up with the end of SmackDown. We can kind of get into it properly. No problem. I'm, I'm because it was first and foremost announced that next week Shinsuke Nakamura is coming back to, to SmackDown. That That's cool. We like to see that. And then Sami Zayn went to talk to Jey Uso backstage. And he basically just reiterated what he's been saying for the last few months. That, you know, the, the bloodline is crumbling and Jey doesn't have to be part of it. And, you know, we said we were going to beat you for the tag titles and then we did it. But, you know, you, you could still walk away from this. This doesn't have to be the way that it is. And in the midst of all this... You hear a commotion backstage and Sammy goes running and he finds Kevin Owens taken out with like a, a production case tipped over onto his onto his knee. <laughs> Solo Sokoa is being ushered away by the backstage staff. This is bad news for Kevin Owens. Jey Uso is kind of like still watching over this. And then he goes out to the ring. Sami Zayn gets talked to by Caleb Braxton, says that uh, the bloodline now aren't the only ones that have a problem that needs solving. They go out and... This was tough for me because Jay Uso versus Sami Zayn. Mm. If if what I've been told by wrestling Twitter and everything for the last two months is true, that the main character of this whole thing is Jay Uso and everything, which fair fair enough, there's an argument to be made. You would think this is like maybe the biggest match aside from a match with Roman Reigns that this character could have along right. this journey, right? In terms of the storyline here, Jey Uso versus Sami Zayn is a really big deal, and it didn't feel like a big deal on this show. No. It was just another match. It wasn't any more or less important than the match that Sami Zayn had with Solo Sokoa a few weeks ago in the main event of SmackDown. It was just there. Sami Zayn lost again, and... It wasn't particularly heated. It didn't have really any storyline beats. It was just kind of there. And of course, the work was good because they're both two good workers. Like, again, the match itself wasn't bad, but it had the same goddamn finish that the match at WrestleMania had. And I'm, I don't know if I'm just grumpy because of that and this really sent my whole week into a tailspin, hmm. but. The, this referee in particular is ass. Like in kayfabe or whatever, I'm sure he's a nice guy. But my brother in Christ, if you have... <laughs> I know, it's Easter weekend, sorry. You are if, my brother in Christ. You are my brother in Christ. If you have a group like the Bloodline yes, sir. that you know is going to interfere... Yes. Like, you've watched that WrestleMania main event back. You're thinking to yourself, oh, I blew that one. Oh, Cody got screwed. If you're looking at this, mm. and you are a foot and a half away from Solo Sokoa standing there on the outside, yes. maybe don't turn your goddamn back to Sami Zayn. No. Like, I get that it's wrestling, and this is how these finishes go, but I am also just kind of sick of it. I'm sick of this stupid-ass finish, and I'm the guy that defended the Clash at the Castle finish, right? Yeah. Where Solo Sokoa helped uh, Roman Reigns retain the title over, over Drew McIntyre. It, I, it was fresh at the time, though. It was fresh, and that was the thing, because everybody said, oh, it's the same old finish. It's one of Roman's cousins 
going out of their way to keep the title on him. And while that is true, it was also the introduction of a new character yes, and had some level of freshness to it. Mm -hmm. I've now seen this finish for the last six months. Yes, you have. And I am done. I am so all the way done with this. I have had to listen to people talk about letting this story play out. We, we we have, and then they had a perfect way of, so basically, stories come in chapters, right? Yeah. Someone needs to explain them that, that it comes in chapters, because it feels like the chapter's not continuing. It's kind of like, nope, nope, this is not the next chapter. Because yeah. they, they're saying this is a new chapter. I'm like, no, the new chapter looks like the old chapter. And here's what the issue was with Sammy and Jay. It's almost like Jay didn't turn on Sammy. Mm -hmm. Right? The interaction is very, very weird. It's kind of like, even Kevin said it, where's this weird epiphany coming from? We won the tag title. All of a sudden, like, oh, I, I feel like I have to speak to these guys. These guys are humiliated you in your hometown crowd in front of your wife. Right? Mm -hmm. These guys that beat the crap out of you and Kevin had to save you. It's almost like making Kevin look stupid because the whole point of a character development is Sammy said, whoops, my bad. Me thinking I can save them is what led me into this situation in the first place that made Kevin walk away, get in his car, get upset. And yet Sammy couldn't help himself and to go back to be that guy again, which kind of makes Sammy look selfish. And KO, KO will turn on you for just raising your eyebrows weird. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, they're in a good spot, but I, I, I felt kind of worried because instead of it being a bloodline crumbling, I feel like the seed has been set for Sammy and KO to break up already. Because KO's like, you said I was right, and then you're gonna go do it anyway. And the whole case falling down. If Sammy never left Kevin in the first place, none of that stuff would have happened. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm getting worried about. And then in the ring, you're right. This is the first time that Kevin, oh, sorry, it's the first time that Sami Zayn and Jay Uso have had a one-on-one -on -one since the whole, you know, WrestleMania situation, the whole turning on, on, on Sami. It should have been a heated fight. Sami's forgetting that this guy you called your brother told you, I hate you because you put me in this situation. Mm -hmm. So why do you think your words are going to, your words don't matter? They ain't going to listen to you. Whole, let them implode from within. You got your tag belts. Your involvement in the storyline is now done. In, in an ideal world, your involvement should have helped Roman lose the title at WrestleMania. But it didn't happen. So it's kind of weird. So you got that half victory. Yeah, we got the tag belts, but Roman is still champion. Hence why it has continued. This is why it should have ended at Mania. Because now it's continuing. You got this cast of characters that's like... It would look silly if I don't get involved, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right? Because then now there has to be this new contingency, this group. Because now you got Riddle who came out in the end. Thank, thank you, Jesus. He finally remembered which storyline he should be a part of. <laughs> His raw return. <laughs> Just nullify it. He came back with SmackDown, went after Solo Sokoa, who took him out in December. Now, um, Riddle has feuded with the Bloodline since last year. So he deserves to be back in this. When Orton comes back, who knows? could be back in this too. So you build up all these people, go to Christmas past, getting together to take down the bloodline, but it's not going to happen because people are forgetting important beats. They forgot important beats of the story. So we had a luck luster, you know, run of the mill match when it should have been a blood, blood fight. It should have been like a street fight between mm -hmm. Sami Zayn and Jay Uso beating the crap out of each other. I loved you. You were my family. It was just like, eh, a match you see on superstars. Yeah. Like, okay. Because this is the thing. This is what I've been me wanting to get to the entire podcast. Because, mm. again, thank you. Tying up the, the loose ends here. Because uh, Solo Sokoa hits the, hits the spike. Jey Uso pins him with a kick. And then they're about to beat him up. 
Jey Uso tells Solo, no, don't hit him with another spike. Super kicks him instead, tells him to get a chair. And then Riddle comes out, makes a save, and that's the end of the show. My problem with this episode of SmackDown, because if you look through it, every seg segment in a vacuum is fine. Mm. Every segment that we watched was like, oh, that's a three out of five match. Mm. That's fine. Good opener. You know, a few solid matches or whatever. My problem with this episode of SmackDown is I do not think that a single one of these segments feels like there has been progression since WrestleMania. Yeah. And you want WrestleMania to be like, that's the end of the, the chapter. That's mm. the end of the season. And then mm. you move on and you hit the refresh button mm -hmm. and you start something new. The next chapter begins after WrestleMania. And you can look through all of this and you've got Sheamus and Walter still going. You've got Legato del Fantasma and Judgment Day and the Mysterios still going. Mm. You've got the women's tag stuff Still, Still going. going. You've got the Usos and the Bloodline and the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn team, and all of it is just still, still going. going. I am um, more than a little bit concerned about this, and I don't want, I know, I don't want to be a hater here, you know, by any means. I don't want this to be just, you know, being grumpy about it. But um, at the same time, I must, I must say, I must say, it smells like a rewrite. This feels like a rerun show, and that is not what you want for the SmackDown after WrestleMania. It feels like a lot of people on the show are just treading water now, and knowing the way that WWE is going to go for the next little bit, and not in a, in a structural way, not in a storyline way, a bunch of different places, but like... Roman Reigns isn't losing this title anytime soon now. No. They've got to go through a thousand days. He's not going to wrestle at Backlash, so no. this isn't going to be something that happens in the next month or whatever. This is still the status quo. And I think you hit the nail right on the head there with the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens thing, where they had the season, the series finale of the Bloodline story mm -hmm. wrapped up in a perfect little bow. And maybe I'm just letting this all out because it's the first time I've been in front of one of these cameras since since WrestleMania. Yeah. But the end was there and it was perfect. You had the three most overstars, the three most over adversaries of the bloodline yeah. all taking down Roman. Mm -hmm. And that was a perfect way to end it mm -hmm. because then you can have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as the tag champions and go in a different direction Bingo. and say what we are going to be. Hit the mic. And do what we've all been saying that they should do for like the last few months, which is freshen up the tag team division. Do Amen. exactly what you just pitched, where you have the Street Profits, the Viking Raiders. You have Xavier come out to represent the New Day. You have a bunch of different people come out and say, hey, we want the next shot at the tag titles. And you look at, oh, these all look like fun matchups because now you have a different set of champions than the Usos who wrestled the whole roster 10 times over. Even Imperium. Imperium can go Sure, Imperium. Make, you know, all of them. Yeah. Like every combination of guys. It would have been fantastic. But we can't get to that yet because they're still tied up in this bloodline crap. And that would be one thing if you went through that and then they gave us something massive storyline-wise to really Bingo. keep you hooked. Mm. And sure, it's the first week. Maybe they'll come right back to it in a week or two. But again... I go right back to what you said about Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. This is a match that, in theory, has been built up for a year. 
every single segment that they had, the Jey Uso and Sami Zayn heated segments that they had, the I don't give a damn about what Tribal Chief said, mm. that segment, the Usi segments, yep. every single one, War Games, mm -hmm. the Rumble, mm -hmm. Elimination Chamber, mm -hmm. everything builds up mm -hmm. to a huge heated match between Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. That could have been the main event of Backlash. That Indeed. could have been the huge climactic thing to then get away from Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in the bloodline and have that be a street fight or something and you blow everything off from the last year. Yeah. Maybe they get to that, but for this show, if I'm reviewing this SmackDown, this being the first match that Sami Zayn and Jey Uso had after a year of this story building does not fill me with confidence. No, and it's kind of confusing because it's like now they're trying, is it positioning, oh, we want Solo to be the unstoppable monster again? And so many things even happen. Why did Solo even lose to Cody if Cody wasn't going to win at Mania? I, I have think, no idea. It's like, there's so many issues about this and, and it almost screams like... Um, Everything they had planned for after Mania, they had to scrap for... Again, this is all conspiracy theory. because It does scream like the whole point of a story is meant to progress. This screams like, oh, we don't know what to do now. He, okay, he's not kept the title. He's not going to be on TV. So we stuck with these guys. We don't know how to progress things. So we're going to rehash old things like Brock Lesnar and Heyman are in cahoots again. You know, all the old things we saw before. And it's not nice to watch because we've already seen it played out. We're waiting for the next part of the saga. And the next part of the saga meant to be, it could have been Roman Reigns loses the title. Roman Reigns now taking time off. And then Jay Uso now taking up the mantle. Like, I am now in charge of Roman being gone. Or Paul Heyman goes, actually, with, you know, with, 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 you know, with Roman Reigns being gone, I, I'm the one in charge. And then Jay's like, no, I'm in charge. We're going to do this. We're taking a Sami Zayn. And then Sami Zayn's become the target no, but, but but Roman says that. Nope, we're taking that Sami Zayn. We lost the tag titles. Who cares about Cody? It was not my belt. I want my, you know, you embarrass me. So that way it would have been a great dynamic change because nothing has changed. Like you said, the whole point of WrestleMania was we meant to put it to bed and move on to new feuds, things being freshened up. Hopefully... Because we have to be a bit hopeful. We don't want it to be a negative podcast and, you know, we're trauma dumping on people. We're hoping when 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 the draft happens, we will get a much better look of what the summer is going to look like. But at the moment, things are looking kind of bleak in the world of wrestling and I don't want it to be bleak. The whole point of wrestling is meant to be escapism. You're meant to enjoy it with your friends and have great memories. But at the moment, it feels it's like it's going back to how it used to be and that is scary. For God's sake, go watch Mercedes Monet. <laughs> Suzuki and, and Azumi from Sakura Genesis. That's my reaction to this SmackDown. Go watch some good wrestling. Christ's sake. Thank you, though, for tuning into this SmackDown podcast. Before we get out of here, though, we have some very important shout-outs to give, those being our $25 and above pledge hammers over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. You can subscribe and get a custom wrestling nickname read out on a show just like this. So a big shout-out to the cleaner, Kenny Shaw. Yeah. The British Bulldog, Philip Boy J. Smith Jr. Yeah. The... Wrestle Talk's personal ring announcer, Rodrigo Benitez. Yeah. He can last stand for longer than you in the ring. Yeah. Starbucks, Steven Acosta. Yeah. Shield Maiden, the Zornice. Yeah. Will, the MS Warrior Stewart. Yeah. He brings the fear, Amir Jones. Yeah. 
Andrew Gifford, the Big Red Dog. Yeah. The Shrock Master, Austin Shrock. Yeah. Shawn Michaels' biggest fan, Brett Guy. <laughs> yeah. Chris Hellfire Brimstone. Yeah. Thank you very much to all of our wonderful pledge hammers, but especially to our $25 and above pledge hammers. You too can get your own custom wrestling nickname read on our show just like this by subscribing at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk, where you can also get a myriad of other content. You've got the mailbag show recorded by Pete and I this week. You've got the behind the scenes podcast. You've got the WrestleTalk uh, After Dark, and you've got the WrestleTalk uh, Extra episode. A lot of extra content Lots for you of guys. Extra content. Nice. Luke Owen and Ollie Davis reviewing an old show that is voted on by you, our pledge hammers. But you can also get the extended cut of Survival Series, two episodes of Survival Series out two, this two. month, just released yesterday. Can you name every WWE WrestleMania main event? And, uh, yeah, the people in that, they did a pretty good job. So you might want to go check that out and check out the extended cut, uh, the totally uncut version of that show for all of the details that you might not otherwise get to see. Otherwise, I have been Tempest. That has been Sat Inyangi. That was our very charged, very heated review of Friday Night Smackdown. Sat, play us out. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next week. Same Saturday time, same Saturday day. House of the Black Mask. Mwah. We love you guys. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.